Hello and welcome to the Level 10 Podcast. I'm Coach Jack Grinley and the aim of this podcast and all of the future episodes is to give you science and science-based tools to live in a healthier, happier life. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you've got any questions or you've got ideas of episodes you would like me to record, drop me a message, reach out to me on socials, or if you're one of my clients, reach out to me through our messages. Hello. Today we are diving straight into managing stress, how to feel less stressed and how to get better at being stressed. This is a question one of you asked me um, in a check-in this week, sorry, in a, in, I just asked you to ask me a question, so it was one of those. Um, so we're going to dig into it. I think this is going to be full of useful stuff that you can actually apply. We're going to dig into understanding what stress actually is, what's going on inside the body so that you understand how to manage it. I'm a big believer in the fact that if you understand the mechanisms behind what's going on, like everyone knows what stress is, but what actually is it, what's actually happening inside the body. If you're more aware of that, you actually understand what's going on there you're much more likely to implement the protocols that we talk about today and you're also more likely to want to engage in the protocols and want to manage your own stress and understand what's going on and be able to actually implement change within your life about how stressed you are and how well you manage stress. So let's get into it. So what will we cover today if my head wasn't in the way? Today we're going to cover, let's make it small, it's big enough as it is understanding stress identifying when you're too stressed how to reduce your stress levels and how to get better at being stressed all very important points and i hope you take a lot away from today's presentation what is stress let's make my head a bit bigger again what is stress there is no medical definition of stress and healthcare professionals often disagree over whether stress is the cause of problems or the result of them. That's from mind.org.uk. However, we face stresses every day. So you might feel stress, stress might be a response to a situation, stress might be the cause of the situation, but we face what we call stresses every single day. If you don't know what a stressor is, a stressor is the stimulus or threat that causes stress or the stress response in the body. So, as you can see there, exam, divorce, death of a loved one, moving house, loss of a job. Stressors are not only negative things, but they can be positive things too. New relationships, new jobs, happy things can cause a stress response as well as negative that's really important for you to remember as we go through this. So we might only see stressors as bad, but as we dig into what's actually going on during a stress response, um, or what's going on during the stress response, you'll understand how positive things or things that you view as positive can be stressors. So what's actually going on within the body when we face a stress response? So the physiological responses, what's going on within the body, physiological responses to stresses are an increase in heart rate, increase in breathing, 
decrease in digestive activity so you you might your hunger might be suppressed or you might actually feel like you've got indigestion because there's a lot of food in your stomach so if you've ever eaten too close to exercising eating too close to going on a run you'll notice that you feel quite bloated you feel quite sick because you've got all of this food in your stomach when you face a stressor your body shuts down its digestive system um, and you go into what's known as fight or flight mode where increased heart rate increased breathing increased adrenaline increased norepinephrine which is adrenaline released from the brain increased cortisol production all of these things to help you feel more alert more able to move and survive if we were animals living in the wild it was the stress response designed to keep you alive keep you moving away from threats but we now have a load of other stresses that we're exposed to so short-term stress response as we've said there norepinephrine is released norepinephrine is is adrenaline adrenaline is what causes the increase in heart rate it's what causes the increase in breathing and it's what suppresses your appetite because your fight or flight response is when you're alert your secondary states you're only ever in two states either fight or flight or rest and digest and you flick in between these states constantly throughout the day so if you're in fight or flight your elevated heart rate elevated breathing you're more alert so if you were going into a job interview you would flick into fight or flight you leave the job interview you're feeling good you go for something to eat as soon as you start eating that's going to signal your body to flick back into its rest and digest state so you're constantly flicking in between these two states throughout the day so short-term stress we get this flight or fight or flight response now chronic stress stress that is prolonged is where the negatives start to happen so the normal stress response is good that's a survival response that's to keep you alive to help you exercise to help you stay more alert you go into a job interview you want that stress response so that you're alert you're able to answer the questions think think quickly come up with answers and and be able to perform well same when you're exercising same when you're doing anything to keep you alive or to keep you alert the problems occur when we get into chronic stress long-term stress to maintain this long-term fight or flight response your body has to produce cortisol cortisol has a ton of different functions in the body but one of cortisol's main functions is to prevent non-essential survival functions from happening so cortisol is what suppresses your appetite cortisol is what stops your digestive system from continuing to digest food if this happens for too long cortisol also suppresses your immune system so think of all of the things that happen every day within your body to keep you alive but if it's a life or death situation don't need to happen so digesting food yes long term that keeps you alive but in the short term if you're about to get attacked by a lion if you're to get run over by a car and you need to jump out the way you don't need to digest food to keep you alive in that moment same for your immune system yes fighting off infections fighting off viruses fighting off things that might kill us in the long term is needed but in the short term of if we if if we don't stop doing this now if we don't change direction if we don't do something we might die in the short term survival fighting off disease is not important 
So your immune system is suppressed. Your digestive system is suppressed. These are all things that happen when we are chronically stressed, long-term stress. So obviously, it's really important that we avoid chronic stress and we try and mitigate chronic stress as much as possible. Short-term stress is a good thing. We need short-term stress response to be able to survive, to thrive, to, to perform at our best. We need short-term stress. Long-term stress, however, we need to mitigate because that's where the health issues come. That's where the mental and physical health issues start to arise when we are chronically stressed. So how do we identify when you're stressed? Identifying chronic stress is really, really important. As I've just started to mention in the last slide, chronic stress has been linked to heart disease, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, type 2 diabetes, and depression. I mentioned on the previous slide that chronic stress produces cortisol. Cortisol is made from cholesterol. So in order for your body to produce more cortisol to keep you in this stress response because you're under chronic stress your body produces more cortisol more cholesterol if you've got more cholesterol that means that you can potentially have high cholesterol in a way that is bad for you you could get clogged arteries again increasing risk of high blood pressure heart disease type 2 diabetes because you to again maintain the stress response you can hear my biscuit in the background there giving me a moan because i'm i'm talking and not paying them attention so i apologize if you can hear that in the background one thing that happens when we are stressed short term or long term adrenaline helps adrenaline cortisol being produced or norepinephrine not adrenaline norepinephrine and cortisol being produced help your body to produce or release more glucose into the bloodstream more glycogen so stored energy from from carbohydrates and more free fat into the bloodstream so that you can use the fat as energy as well if this happens for long enough and it happens for too long you're not actually needing to be in a fight or flight situation so when you're suffering with chronic stress you have high blood sugar for a lot for a lot longer than necessary which means your insulin sensitivity is suppressed which then leads to potentially having type 2 diabetes chronic stress can lead also to mental health issues such as depression and anxiety and we're gonna talk a little bit more about that as we get further into this so signs of chronic stress loss of appetite we spoke about the cortisol suppressing our appetite so if you notice that your appetite is less even especially if you're dieting at the moment and your appetite is less than usual but you're not really eating that much food that can be a sign that you are stressed chronically stressed or overstressed and you need to do something to mitigate that low mood if you notice you you're more miserable than usual if you're normally a happy cheery person and and you're feeling low and angry and snappy then again this could be an early warning sign increased anxiety are you overthinking more than usual are you unable to switch your mind off if you've got recent thoughts have you got repeated poor or disrupted sleep increased cortisol increased adrenaline over time can interrupt your sleep wake cycle because these 
hormones, these neurotransmitters, need to be produced every day. We need to produce adrenaline every day. We need to produce cortisol every day and able to function properly. But if they're not released at the right times and they don't die down at the right times, this can interrupt your sleep-wake cycle. So we normally produce a large amount of cortisol and adrenaline early on in the morning to make us feel awake and alert and ready to go out and, and, and get through the day. Adrenaline and cortisol will begin to reduce throughout the day or supposed to reduce throughout the day as you start to get sleepy towards the end of the day to again help you sleep. If your cortisol and, and norepinephrine are still high later on in the day, this is going to interrupt your body's ability to fall asleep. So if you notice that your sleep is poor, this could be a sign of, of high stress. Changes in behavior, again, linking to the low mood. Are you snappy? Are you more lazy? Are you showing signs of less self-care so for me i know when i'm really really stressed um or i'm suffering with with a, with with some, with with some form of chronic stress there are certain things about my behavior and what i do on a daily basis that will stop so for example brushing my teeth i know if i stop brushing my teeth before i go to bed that is one of the earliest signs that i'm a little bit too stressed and I need to start doing more things to mitigate my stress. Have a look at your behaviours. What sort of things do you do? Do you notice you stop doing or you notice you give less of a fuck about? At certain times when you're stressed, these can be early warning signs and if you jump on it sooner, if you, you action some of the stuff that we're going to talk about today, early on, you can help regain control and reduce your stress poor recovery poor digestion again if you're staying in that fight or flight state for for longer than necessary then your digestion and your recovery are going to be impacted your immune system is going to be impacted you're not going to be digesting food well so if you notice you've got indigestion heartburn more more than usual or, or more or actually you're just getting indigestion indigestion you don't normally again this could be a sign Increased rest and heart rate and breathing rate. You can time your breathing rate. If you time it when you know you are really relaxed, you've just come off a, a long weekend and you're feeling really calm and chilled and you've had loads of sleep, check your breathing rate then, check your heart rate then, see what your average rest and heart rate is, average breathing rate is. Again, just count how many times you breathe out. Excuse me, there's a big breath in. How many times you breathe in or how many times you breathe out in 30 seconds and double it or in 15 seconds and times it by four that will give you your rest and breathing rate and your rest and heart rate you can obviously do the same but with your pulse um if you monitor those just keep an eye on them your health app on your phone should track stuff like this you'll be able to see if there's an increase in your rest and heart rate or your rest and breathing rate those start to increase that could be a real sign again that you're stressed and we need to do something about it and finally increased illness are you someone who's always getting sick is this because your immune system is suppressed because your stress is high again it could be a warning sign are you getting more sick than usual i'm not so i i don't get sick one i haven't got time to get sick two i just don't allow myself to get sick so even if i feel a bit snuffly i just ignore it and get on with life um, and it seems to work quite well. I also obviously manage my stress. 
um, and implement a lot of the stress protocol, stress management protocols we're going to talk about today, um, which helps, and some of the other supplementation stuff that we've spoke about in other webinars and we'll speak about in future webinars, um, to allow me to not get sick. Um, but if I all of a sudden start getting sick, if I do come down with a cold, come like snuffly nose, whatever it is, chances are it's tying into how stressed I am or how tired I am or how little rest I've had lately because they all interlink together. So you can use these as warning signs. Yes, we get sick, but look at what else is going on in your life. If you're getting sick, why are you getting sick? Sickness is a response to the things that you're doing. So if you are getting sick, it's because your immune system isn't able to deal with that sickness. Is your immune system unable to deal with that sickness because your diet hasn't been the best, because your sleep hasn't been the best, because you haven't been managing your stress the best? You've not been exposing yourself to sunlight. You've not been getting enough nutrients in your diet. All of these things impact your body's ability to function normally. So if you are getting sick, if you are getting tired, if you are getting poor digestion, low mood, poor sleep, what are you doing? And what is your behavior leading up to that situation shown? And is it linked to why you're getting sick? And I would say 99% of the time, yes, it is. Next, reducing your stress levels. The reason you're all here, you want to reduce your stress levels. So ways that you can reduce your stress levels. Firstly, we're going to talk about NSDRs. These are non-sleep deep rest protocols. And there is a load of different things that you can do that will be classed as NSDRs. First one, Yoga Nindra. Yoga Nindra, Nidra, Nindra, however you want to pronounce it, is... So let's talk about what non-sleep deep rest protocols are first. So non-sleep deep rest is as close to rest, close to sleep as you can possibly get without actually falling asleep. Um, so sleep is where we reduce our cortisol, we recover, where most of your body's repairing functions happen while you're asleep. Now, we can't sleep all day, we've got to get up and we've got to live. So if we introduce NSDRs, that is a way of mimicking or, or getting some of the benefits of sleep without actually having to sleep and by doing it in a shorter window, 5, 10, 15 minutes a day. So a couple of things that you can try, yoga ninja, these are like yoga, these are not like yoga where you go to a class and you've got to do movements, you can do this sitting down, lying down. They're almost like guided meditations, um, very, very good for helping you feel calm, feel relaxed and reducing your stress levels. Meditation, again, absolutely fantastic. I meditate every single day and I accredit that to why I manage my stress so well and, and stay calm and stay relaxed quite a lot of the time hypnosis hypnosis is something that is fairly new to me however there is a lot of research supporting hypnosis's ability to rewire your brain and, and create new neural pathways in your brain to allow you to manage stress feel calm stay more focused um and i'm not talking about like the the showy hypnosis where you you're on stage and you're getting to be made to cluck like a chicken i'm talking about 
clinical sort of hypnosis you can do this through an app as you can see there called reverie where you play it it's a guided hypnosis you respond to the app and it, it hears your voice and changes the hypnosis or the, the words spoken in the hypnosis app in accordance with your responses <clears throat> i've tried one or two um it is very similar to meditation it's just creating a calm and relaxed present state and it is a great way to just unwind become more focused and become more calm if you look on the reverie app it's got links to the research it's got links to the support and evidence of how hypnosis can actually help you become more relaxed more alert and less stressed next up walking <clears throat> excuse me walking is a fantastic way to reduce stress levels reduce anxiety levels it works by it works in a mechanical way so as you walk or you 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 cycle or you you create forward ambulation which is forward movement images pass across your eyes light passes across your eyes by doing that by your your the receptors in your eyes picking up these light images passing over your eyes that actually creates a calming effect within the brain your eyes are actually an extension of your brain they're attached they're not just attached to your brain they are your brain and by causing this light images to pass across your brain this actually creates a calming response so by going for a walk you're going to actively calm your brain final um, nsdr protocol again <clears throat> similar to meditation similar to the yoga ninja similar to the hope the hypnosis breath work slow breathing one we can do to calm the mind and it's the first one we're going to talk about slowly breathe in and the seven should be breathe in and out slowly breathe in and out and i want you to count your exhale so every time you exhale i want you to count keep counting until you get to 10 so you're going to find somewhere calm relaxed quiet sit yourself down in the chair you can do this in the car before you go into the house before the kids all chaos breaks loose or you step into work and it's it's madness do it sat in your car <clears throat> you're gonna close your eyes By doing that and just counting your exhales or counting your inhales it doesn't really matter which what you're gonna do is you're gonna focus your mind on counting it's gonna stop thinking about all of the things that it's thinking it's gonna start creating a calm and sensation count all the way to 10 when you get to 10 start again go back to one it's gonna help you stay focused on counting the numbers so you don't get distracted by other stuff if you do get distracted that's completely fine just go back to counting the numbers start at one again whenever you notice you've been distracted just go back to counting and start at one this is going to help create a, a mental state of calm mental state of relaxation a rapid calming technique that we can use with our breathing works using a mechanical response within the body so when you breathe in and out this changes the pressure that your heart feels so when you breathe out your heart is under less pressure your lungs empty and there's more space inside your chest for your heart to expand so there's less pressure felt on your heart so your heart has pressure sensors all around it when it senses that you've breathed out and there's less pressure on your heart it slows down your heart rate 
when you breathe in and your lungs fill with air this fills your chest cavity up and there's less room for your heart and your heart is under more pressure this increases your heart rate we can use this knowledge to play around with our, our pressure sensors in our chest and in our heart to actively slow down our heart rate slowing down our heart rate is going to create that sense of calm and is going to create that reduction in stress levels we spoke about when you're under stress adrenaline increases your heart rate well if we can mechanically play around with the pressure that's on our heart we can reverse that high heart rate stress response and create a slow heart rate stress slow heart rate we do this by two short inhales through the nose and one long exhale so what we're going to do What we're doing there is spending as short amount of time as possible with our lungs full, with the two short breaths, fully filling our lungs, and then spending a long time under the exhale. This means that our heart, the pressure sensors around our heart, are going to feel that your heart is under less pressure. There's less pressure in here because your lungs are empty for longer. They're full really short with the two short breaths, and then as you empty that pressure sensors picking up the low pressure, on the heart that's going to slow down your heart rate so you can physically impact your your heart rate simply by in, in, in implementing that that breathing technique now the next thing we're going to talk about is non-nsdr things for for creating a calm and response or reducing your stress levels journaling we spoke about in previous webinars so not going to dig into that massively today please go and, and watch the webinars on on journaling if you haven't got the link to that then reach out to me and i'll send you the the new links to journaling reading again you're taking your mind off the day we spoke about this in the journaling webinar in the in the in previous webinars so if you want that again let me know those two are massive again for just helping your brain to switch off helping you to create that calm relaxed state and that's what we're trying to do we're trying to get into that rest and digest state. We're trying to reduce our stress levels and our stress response as much as possible. Downtime, social media breaks, and phone cutoffs. Massive. You may have seen earlier this week that there was the the whistleblower about Facebook where they told us that Facebook and social media platforms know that if you shown more negative stuff if you're showing more negative news if you're showing more negative posts you're gonna stay on the app longer so social media is set up to cause a stress response in you because that means that you stay on the app longer that means that you spend more money on the app you're likely to buy more things from the apps so they know they're gonna make more money so they're doing this to cause a stress response in you because they know this is gonna make you stay on the app longer so implementing social media breaks, implementing phone cutoffs, implementing downtime where you don't watch news. I mean, I don't watch news at all whatsoever. Never read the news, never read the papers. Again, for this exact reason that it is designed to cause a stress response. Implementing social media cutoffs, phone cutoffs, specific downtime is massively important. This ties in massively to the next point of clearly defining 
work boundaries especially now with us working from home being at home a lot more and just in the fast-paced world that we live in it is very easy for work and your your outside of work life to merge and become one you're not getting the breaks that you need you're not getting the separation that you need to help your brain differentiate and find calm if you're still getting work messages at 8 9 10 11 o'clock at night it's very hard to switch off and feel calm and feel relaxed you will all know as 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 one-to-one clients with me that if you message me half after half eight at night you get that response from my phone the automated message to say i'm away from your phone i'll get back to you in the morning and you'll get that until eight o'clock the next morning this is me setting boundaries setting clearly defined work boundaries i will work in the office until half eight nine o'clock at night sometimes later if something massively needs doing but i have clear boundaries i don't do work once i leave that door and that door's shut that's it i'm done if you're working from home and you have unfortunately you're not as fortunate means to have a, a separate office to work in shutting your laptop turning your phone off having something in place where you say right that's work done a clearly defining moment that says right work is done for the day having a separate phone for work having a separate phone for your your friend family and friends massively important set boundaries both in work and in your social life set boundaries with your friends look i need some time alone i'm not going to go out this weekend or i am definitely going to go out this weekend and this is where the time off is is so important um clearly defining time for you time to relax time for your nsdrs time every day to create a state of calm a state of rest i every morning meditate read journal i make time for those i don't sacrifice those i will do those every single day because i know how vitally important they are to my overall health my overall life so i don't sacrifice on those i've got clear defined boundaries for those you need to do the same in your life set out a clearly defined time every single day to implement some of these things implement time off set time aside to have rest to not exercise to not worry about work to not worry about things rest time off is more important than than anything else that you're doing in terms of managing your stress you'll notice exercise isn't mentioned in in reducing your stress levels and we're going to get into why next so final thing getting better at being stressed your body is way smarter than you are so it will handle repeated exposures to the same stressor better so if you're repeatedly exposed to the same stressor your stress response will reduce because your body has got better at handling it the first day in work you'll probably have a huge stress response first day in a new job once you've been working there for three years there's no stress response at all you just walk in it feels like home repeated exposure to that stressor of walking into that building becomes less and less until it's no longer creating a stress response at all this is provided it isn't chronic stress 
So if you're constantly worrying about the same thing day in, day out, and there's no break from it at all, there's no chance for your stress response to reduce, then you're not going to get better at handling that stress response because you're not giving your body time to recover, understand that situation, and then go at it again the next day. So some things that we can do. Firstly, we can play with this. So if we can get better exposing ourselves to the stress response, if we can actively choose to create a stress response in our life and then step away from that stress response, our body's going to get better at handling it. You're going to increase stress response. You're going to have this big hit of stress, but then you're allowing it to come back down. The more you do that, the more you can bounce up to being stressed and then come back down, the better you're going to handle going into a stressful situation. Something that from being in the army, the military does really well. Its recruits are exposed to stress repeatedly and then removed from a stressful situation. Put into a stressful situation, removed from it. Put into a stressful situation, removed from it. The more and more that happens, the better you handle it. This is how soldiers are able to go and fight in combat and, and be in life or death situations and handle it very well because for months, years at a time before that, they've been placed into increasingly stressful situations to be able to get better and better at dealing with those stressful situations when they occur. You can take this same tactic and implement it into your life. Ice baths. Ice baths trigger a stress response. It improves your mental resilience. It's something that isn't fun to do. It's not enjoyable. It's cold. It's horrible. Especially now that it's getting colder and darker outside. Getting up first thing in the morning and exposing yourself to the cold is challenging. It is going to cause a huge stress response. But it's also going to increase your body's ability to deal with stress. Because you're getting that big stress response first thing in the morning. And then it's coming back down. As soon as you get out of the water, stressful situation is over your body can start calming again. You're creating that stress response and you're recovering from it. Therefore, you're increasing your tolerance to stress. Exercise. Exercise increases your tolerance to stress because exercise is a stressor. We spoke about the fight or flight response earlier. Increased breathing rate, increased heart rate, increased adrenaline so you're more alert, increased cortisol so you're not digesting food. You're more alert, you're quicker, you're, you're moving faster, your f muscles are full of blood, that's exercise. Exercise and, and exercising regularly is going to help you tolerate stress better, but this is why it is critical to rest as hard as you train. Exercise is a stressor, so if you're someone who is chronically stressed, you're not managing your stress levels now, if you then increase how much you're exercising and it is really difficult arduous tough exercise that you're doing that's a further stressor on the body that's increasing your stress that's not mitigating your stress that's not helping you be less stressed that's adding another stressor into the mix that your body needs to tolerate so sometimes exercise isn't going to help you manage stress better finally your mind your mind Apologies, the dog's bark. I'm going to have to address this and come back. Apologies for that. We're back. Yes, final point. Your mind. Your mind can help you manage stress better simply by changing the way you think. 
a study on stress showed that people who believe stress to be a good thing don't suffer the same health risks. So in this study, the people who, who answered yes, stress is good, instead of answering stress is bad, were shown to produce more of a neurotransmitter called oxytocin. Oxytocin is the like the hugging hormone it's known as. So when you hug other people, you release oxytocin. It's a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling hormone that makes you feel good. But it also has roles within the body. One of those roles is the repair of the muscle tissue that makes up your heart. So people who viewed stress as a good thing, although their heart was under the same stresses as the people who believed stress to be bad, they were producing more oxytocin. By producing more oxytocin, the damage that their heart was facing because of the stress response was getting repaired by this oxytocin. But so simply by viewing stressful situations as good instead of bad, viewing things as happening for you and not to you, you can reduce the impact, the negative impact that stress will have on your body. So simply by changing the way you think about stress will change how positively or negatively stress impacts you in your life. Think of things as happening for you and not to you. I love that sentence, a really powerful sentence. Things aren't happening to you. Things are happening for you. So if you can find the positives in a stressful situation, how is this helping me? How is this helping me be better? How can I be better in this situation? How can I handle this situation better? What can I do to come out on top in this situation? All of these shifts in thinking will help you manage stress better, feel less stressed, deal with stress better, and ultimately be a better human being. That's it for today. I hope you found that helpful. If you've got questions, reach out to me. If you'd like me to cover something else, if you've got a topic that you would like me to cover on one of these webinars, um, let me know and I, and I will get it done. Drop me a message, reach out to me, and um, I'll get it done, get it uploaded. Have a fantastic rest of your day, guys, and I'll see you on the next one.